Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 295. So here's the, here's the intricate skill set that will make you a champion in any area of life where you're dealing with another person. Learn to see where the other person's at without, listen to what I'm saying now, without having to go there for yourself. Doesn't mean you can't make the choice to go there. Are you ready for it factors, success stories, failures, and bombs of restaurant industry knowledge? Then join Eric Cacciatore and today's incredible guest as they share what it takes to become unstoppable. Are you opening a restaurant and stressing out with where to start? Or perhaps you've already opened your restaurant and you're finding yourself completely overwhelmed with the day-to-day task that only you know how to do. If you feel this way, I've got good news. You don't have to do it alone, nor should you regain control of your business and your life with restaurantowner.com. And if you go to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable, you will get a 10-day pass for only $1. Get on it. Hiring a consultant to train your staff and to improve your restaurant can be expensive. Wouldn't it be awesome if you could just get advice from world champion baristas and leading restaurant consultants without spending thousands of dollars? Tipsy believes you should have the chance to learn new skills whenever you need to, which is why they have hundreds of hospitality courses available for only $9 a month. To give you a little something extra, as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you can also get 50% off your first month. All you gotta do is Click the tipsy banner in the show notes. Get on it. And with excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Ross Jeffries. Ross, you got to tell me you're feeling unstoppable today, brother. I am feeling extraordinarily (laughs) unstoppable. Yes, sir. So Ross Jeffries has been described as someone who not only knows more than anyone in the world about how persuasion and seduction works, but more than anybody should know and uh, about this topic. And for over 25 years, Ross Jeffries has taught 60,000 men how to use their language to tap deep into the unconscious process for the human connection, emotion, and decisions to find the women of their dreams. And now you're probably thinking to yourself, okay, Eric's gone and lost it. Uh, this is a restaurant podcast, and he's got somebody on the show who helps men get laid. Okay, that's not why we're here. Um, there is a connection, I promise you. We're going to tie it all together, so just trust me on this one. Uh, but first, like always, Ross, we need to get that motivational inspirational ball rolling with a success quarter mantra. What do you got for us today? Well, particularly when it comes to doing any kind of selling and everyone is always selling something. Uh, but we could say goal outcome sale, be interested in your goal, but be invested in your skills. People who are real winners in the world, they're first of all, they're very motivated, but the way you maintain that motivation, that is to say, how do you create a realistic motivation and an informed enthusiasm? Not the kind of thing where you have to whip yourself up to a, into a frenzy and then maybe for two or three weeks, and the second something goes wrong, you slide back down into feeling unmotivated. Okay. How do you create that realistic learning frame motivation? And I say be interested in the sale or, or the particular transaction, but be invested in your skill. Now, here's the distinction. In a breakfast of bacon and eggs, 
the chicken is interested, but the pig is invested. <laughs> you get, <laughs> yeah, you get it. Absolutely. So, so that is the really big one that I would say. Awesome. A uh, great way to get this started. And kind of, you mean, you're already kind of tapping into it. The reason why I have you on the show, the reason why I saw this opportunity uh, to be just a great way to dive into the art of persuasion is because I think at the beginning of the month, I had Nick Fosberg on the show when we did an episode dedicated to promotion uh, and marketing. And in that episode, he was quoted to say, uh, there are two ways that you can get somebody to do something for you. You can make them do it and you can persuade them to do it. And that quote really resonated with me because... Well, let me build on that quote. Yeah, please the ultimate, do. The ultimate persuasion is to structure the communication so the person imagines it for themselves, imagines doing what you want as being their own idea. Mm-hmm. What I say is whatever you can get a person to imagine for themselves will be perceived as being their own idea, and therefore they won't resist taking action on it. What you have to argue someone into using facts, data, figures, even if you're right, even if it serves them, will just almost automatically be irresist- be resisted mm. because people have an autopilot response to say no if they feel pressured, particularly to say no when it involves money because mm. we have survival buttons around that. So how do you get around people's autopilot? Well, there's a, a technique called a pattern interrupt. You interrupt someone's pattern, and in that window of confusion, they become temporarily suggestible. So one of the things I teach, and we're getting a little uh, too advanced, and I'll back off it, but just an interesting idea to lead with your audience. We've all been taught, make the message clear. And what I want to say about that is sometimes you should be confusing. Because confusion, when it's artfully directed and used in the right time with finesse, can be an incredibly powerful tool for moving people out of their stuckness. Mm. Okay, awesome. I can't wait to dive into that a little bit further, but I kind of want to create the big picture of why we've already kind of done it, but why is persuasion so important in the restaurant industry? Because this industry is so heavily dependent on human emotion and creating experiences, and that all comes down to persuading people, uh, selling yourself, selling your concepts, selling what you're trying to do, and that selling can be interchanged with persuading. That's that's all you're doing when you're selling is persuading people and just examples of when we're selling in the restaurant industry, when we're trying to hire good talent, when like right now the biggest challenge for anybody in this industry is getting the right people on their team. So you got to sell yourself to get those top, you know, passionate, like career hospitality professionals. And there's very few out there. So you got to make yourself appealing. And like, even with the servers, you're upselling your guests every day. You're trying to buy them something else. You're trying to, you know, sell your, every. I, I'm just all jacked I up think right you, now. <laughs> I think you, well, let me just say something. Yeah, I was I was just about to say you, uh, you have to constantly persuade the people who are working uh, on your. T- First of all, what you said about finding the right team being mm-hmm. the biggest challenge. I think that's the biggest challenge for any entrepreneur. Absolutely, getting the right people on the bus. Yeah. But the second thing I wanted to say is you always have to keep persuading your team. Let me give you a little secret. Uh, if you uh, for everyone out there listening who has a restaurant. Uh, I know that adding on dessert or that sort of stuff probably bumps your sales quite nicely. I'll give you something you can say along the lines of word for word that will almost, that will up the probably double the number of times people buy dessert. Awesome. I and- much, I, I'll give it to you. I'll give it away. Okay. Okay. Go for it. So you you would and I'll unpack it for you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> then I'll unpack why it works. I'll give it to you word for word again. So um, you say something, the server would say, so I don't know how strongly you're thinking of indulging yourself tonight, but 
uh, let me show you some of the uh, really good choices when for you to really let yourself go and do that. So I don't know how strongly you're thinking of indulging yourself tonight. So the server comes up and saying, I don't know how strongly you're thinking of indulging yourself tonight. There's a suggestion. <laughs> you're thinking of indulging yourself tonight. But as you, but, but I don't know how strongly you're thinking of indulging yourself tonight. But as you're letting that happen, as you're letting that happen, you're letting that happen is another suggestion. Here are some of uh, our really great choices. Mm. So you're already kind of planting the seed that they're going to indulge, indulge in themselves. And right. while you're letting this happen, so you're, you're, you're not telling them what they're going to do, but you're creating in their mind that they're going to oh, do it is what right. I'm hearing from you. You're, right. You're letting it happen. So it seems natural. Oh. So it seems like it's their choice. But in reality, you put the suggestion in. in, uh, in. I got you. Now, now, here's the challenge. How do you get your servers to actually do that? Because when you introduce something unfamiliar to people, they may say, well, this is going to be unfamiliar. And I always do something I call inoculation. I'll start by saying, what I'm about to suggest to you is going to sound unfamiliar. And you may think to yourself, one of two things. Okay, I'll do it. Let's go balls to the wall. Or you may think, you know, this is a little strange. I don't know if I should. Mm -hmm. I want to challenge you. When that second response comes up, think Think this way. Get really curious because it's the very ways of thinking and behaving and acting that stand so far outside of what you're used to doing that have the potential of bringing results far greater than you're used to enjoying. Mm. So go ahead and experiment and play with this uh, for for a couple of times and just see how it improves your sales. Awesome. So That's what you do. You, you, you inoculate people. <laughs> so when they have the response, you're telling them the response doesn't mean don't do it. The response means, oh, it's motivation to go and do it. Awesome. So I call this I call this response shaping. You take the response the person's likely to have. When people have a response, they automatically assign a meaning to it. So, for example, when I coach my guys who are nervous about meeting women, okay, they'll say something like, "I felt really nervous approaching this." You know, I rehearsed your stuff in my mind, but then when I went out, I felt really nervous approaching women. Okay, and I said, and so I stopped. I said, "Wait a minute." The fact that you're feeling nervous doesn't mean it's you're going to fail. It just means you're feeling nervous. It has no meaning about what's going to happen in the world. Mm -hmm. So the real meaning is when you feel nervous, let your feet talk before your mouth does. Get moving. Let your feet talk before your mouth. Just get up there, stand up to the plate, and you now, have to go. Here's, here's, here's the important point. Let me unpack this and make it really clear. People are going to have a response. The meaning they interpret to the response, so they feel fear. The meaning they interpret is, I'm in trouble, I should quit. Mm -hmm. I take that response, I shape, I do response shaping. I say, when you feel fear, that's not a sign you're going to fail. That's a sign that you're breaking through a boundary. Get excited, move forward. Mm. So you understand? Absolutely. So let's tie this to the restaurant owner. We're talking, sure. you're using the example. By the way, I yeah. ate, I, I'm a restaurant lover. I eat out three times a day. Ooh, so beautiful. I'm a good restaurant connoisseur. <laughs> awesome. So uh, we're going to try to use uh the restaurant owner as an example and uh well, let me first start by asking you with where are the biggest mistakes uh that entrepreneurs or restaurant owners or sales or marketing professionals make when it's time to pitch themselves or to try to persuade their guests yeah number one here it is and it's going to be unlike anything you've ever heard before people listening but here it is they get too specific too soon they say, here's what's great about me. Here's the reasons why. Bop, 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 bop. And they list facts and data. You never want to list facts and data until you first create the mindset through, you want, want, 
through which you want people to perceive the facts and data. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a, a let me give you a metaphor that's slightly out there, okay. if I may. Okay. What I say first of all is before you think about what you the actions you want people to take, think what mind state of mind you want them to be in to receive your message. Okay. We now live. Let me ask you a question. Do you have a smartphone? I do. How many times? I'll challenge the listeners. How many times in the last 24 hours have they seen someone walking along with their face inside of their smartphone? Uh, too often. <laughs> too often. So what does this mean? It means people are distracted. Mm. They have 30-second attention spans. Okay. So when you go to pitch something or sell something, don't assume that they're in a focused state. Okay. You understand? So I say first think of the states of mind that you want to shape people in to send your message through. Because if people are in a state of being distracted or tired or just – skeptical or not trusting themselves you can have the best product the most honest pitch in the world it's going to fall flat okay let's let's put it let's slam on the brakes real quick so i really want to paint a mental picture for the listeners and i want to use a specific example while we're going through these steps what i want to do is use an example uh apply what you're telling us to like a real life example. Say most of my, my listeners right now, they're op- maybe have just in the process of opening their restaurant. They have a new brand, their new image, their, their brand imaging is all out there fresh. Um, what, how can you apply what you're telling us uh, of being too specific too soon to the general broad uh, idea of your brand and selling yourself, your, your mission, your, your, uh, your mission with your restaurant and how you, does that make sense? I think so, but let's let's narrow it down and get even more specific. You mean in your print media and your advertising, yeah. or when people come through the door everywhere on your website, uh, you know, okay. your curb appeal, all these things. Uh, you, you know, when you're telling your story in your website, the the imaging, the, the everything that you do that has anything and everything to do with your marketing and your brand. How? Okay. Let's approach it from that that's, example. First of all. That's a really broad thing. Yeah, you're, you're asking so let's me pick, for let's you're pick one of those for, things and okay, dive in. You're asking me for branding advice, <laughs> which I don't do branding. Okay. And you're asking me for copywriting. Now, copywriting I can do. I can do hip I teach hypnotic copywriting. Okay. How to take your copy and put hypnotic suggestions into it in a way where it's not caught. Let's do copywriting then. And uh, just real quick for anybody who might not be familiar with what exactly copywriting is, what is that and how do we use it in the restaurant? Copywriting is simply what you write in your in your ads or in. in, in do you understand? Like a promotion. It's, it's a promotion. Okay. So how do you how do you put um, hypnotic language inside of your promotion okay. so that people people get a sense that wow this is something that's irresistible. Okay. Let's and that Okay, well, this is difficult to teach, and it's an advanced uh, course I teach, and you're kind of putting me on the spot. But okay, I'm the guy with the big huevos. I can do this. <laughs> so I have, I have um, no doubts in you. Um, let's see. I would use something like presuppositions. Okay. Uh, presuppositions are like presuppositions of time, before, while, as, after, and then presuppositions, the adverb, adjective, presuppositions, active, uh, quickly, naturally, powerfully, easily. Um, so I would say something like, give me the name, make up a name of a restaurant. The name of the restaurant is Laney in Lou. 
and who who's their uh, avatar? Who do they, so who do they look? They specialize to? in living an adventurous life and giving you the food that will nourish your mind, body, and soul, so you can live that adventurous life. And uh, they focus on very healthy food. I'm talking like smoothies, uh, like all natural, organic fruit smoothies, grain bowls, salads. And uh, other elixirs and boost type, uh, all natural ingredients to make you feel better. Right. Okay. So, um, and this is that message is already put across uh, uh, on their website and in their. Uh, do they do they do radio or just it's a website word just of mouth social or, media website word of mouth social media. Okay. Um, I would say this is going to sound a little strange. But I would, uh, I would use, I would say something like, how quickly can you imagine enjoying? How quickly can you imagine enjoying? Blah, uh, or how quickly could you imagine enjoying X Y Z, where X Y Z would be the main things they do? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how quickly could you imagine doing X Y and Z in a way, in a way that makes you feel? healthy and stronger or something mm-hmm. like that. I, see I would, doing. how quickly can you imagine you're giving them the, the command to imagine it versus saying our food will make you healthy, stronger, blah, blah, blah. They could say, yeah, maybe it will, it won't. Mm-hmm. But when you say, how quickly can you imagine feeling, uh, um, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It so gives, well, you're painting a stop. picture of where they're going to be after they make the decision to Correct. purchase your food. You're painting a picture right. of what their life is going to look like and who doesn't want that image. Uh, you're right. not you're not giving them the cost. You're not giving them what it is exactly. You're right. you're not giving them too much too soon. You're saying here's what we got and here's where you're going to be after you get right. what we got. How quickly can you imagine enjoying that? Uh, enjoying the food that supports your lifestyle of x y and z mm-hmm. um so when you say here's the thing when you say how quickly can you imagine it not only presupposes they imagine it but here it's vague it's not telling them how they're going to imagine it or what they're going to imagine mm. if i said imagine being able to run a 50 uh five minute mile and do a triathlon people may not that may not be their vision of an active healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. so use a command use a presupposition quickly naturally easily Okay. Use uh, what I call a trance word. Imagine is one. Another one is find yourself. What does it mean to find yourself doing something? Do you ever just find yourself reaching for the refrigerator, Eric? Mm, all the time. <laughs> That's a piece of unconscious behavior. It's a bad behavior. And, and then you stay. Then you stay vague because here's the thing. Remember my number one rule for persuasion: whatever you can get a person to imagine for themselves will be perceived as being their own thought, and therefore they will not resist it. When you're vague, people will fill in the blank. Okay, so that's a big part right there. Um, uh, try to make them think it's their own thought. It seems to be yeah. a big part of it. So you're not, you're just putting, you're, you're planting the seeds and allowing them to think that they, they came up with this on their own. Yes, I want them to the before I offer the the goodies. I want them to imagine already having received them and enjoying the benefits. So just to re- so a- if I was selling, let me just if I was selling a course online, I would say after. After you after you stop and imagine, uh, imagine for yourself enjoying being with all these amazing hot women because that's what I'm selling. I'm not sure just how quickly you'll smile to yourself and think, "Wow, buying this course was the best decision I ever made." But the way to get started on that is to click the buy now button. Mm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So I'm getting them to stop 
go forward in, into time. I'm future pacing them. I'm taking them forward into time after they've had the experience, imagining for themselves what it will do for them. So it seems as if the decision has already been made. Got it. Never, ever, ever leave the burden of making a decision to your clientele. Structure it so they already make the decision before you present the choices. This sounds totally counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. Structure it so they've already made the decision before you offer them the choices. Mm. That sounds insane. That's so, Alice in Wonderland logic. To me, it, it really reminds me of I'm a huge fan of Stephen R. Covey, and he says uh, successful people start with the end in mind. They they start with the right. end in mind of where right. you what where you want these people to be emotionally in and in their head. And then you work backwards from there. So you, you start with where you're going to end up. And then you, you say, here's where we're going. You're already there in your mind. Now let's show you how to get there. Here's what I would modify it. Start okay. with the end. Start with the end in their mind. M-I-N-D. Mm. Start with the end in their mind. Ooh, I like it. So let's mind just summarize. Mind mind. That's let's, called the ambiguity, a punctuation. We've been, Phonetic, <laughs> ambiguity. we've been jumping around a lot. So I just want to kind of summarize uh, what we're doing and kind of to give a picture of how we got to where we are now. And the question I ask is, what's the biggest mistake people make? And you say they give too, they get too specific too soon. Right. So what right. we want to do when we're writing our copy, when we're creating these promotions or when we're creating uh an image for ourselves online, whether it be copy or just using like imagery to create this idea, whether it's through be, be through pictures or whatever, uh, you right. want to you want to start with the end in their mind where they're right. going to be after they use your product, your service, whatever right. you stand for, whatever them using your restaurant, going to your restaurant, what's that going to do for them? How's that going to make them feel? <clears throat> How's that going to make them look in eye society? And then you start backwards from there. Correct. Okay, I love it. Um, so let's move on. Let's, let's try to dive deeper here. Um, earlier when we were talking uh, during the, pre the pre-interview chat, um, you said that the best way to close deals is to get your prospect selling themselves to you, asking your permission to become a customer. How the hell do you do that? Because that sounds amazing. I want to learn me something about that. <laughs> so, repeat it one more time, sir. So you, you had mentioned that the best way to close deals is to get right. your prospects selling themselves to you, asking right. your permission to become your customer. How do you bring that about? How do you do that? Okay. Well, again, what you want to do is capture and lead their imagination and emotions, uh, pseudo-orient them in time, put them into a future in their mind where they've already enjoyed the experience. Mm -hmm. That's first and foremost. The second thing you need to do is to give, and, and this is going to sound manipulative, but the line here's the line between manipulation and persuasion. Okay. Manipulation is when you use persuasion to steal my wife and my money. Okay. Persuasion is when I use uh, persuasion is when I use persuasion to take your wife and your money. <laughs> it depends on who. No. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> oh, let's keep it clean. But, let's keep it clean. Okay. I, I know. <laughs> oh, you sorry. don't have to. We have all. We all have my, a sense of humor. My answer. <laughs> <laughs> My answer to this is essentially what you want to do is, again, be vague, capture and lead their imagination and emotions so they imagine already having uh, already having purchased your product. But then you want to do something really tricky, and that is to use what I call um, negation and quotes. So these are really tricky things. Quotes is a way of saying something to the person, but... Uh, like, for example, rather than saying to you, you're going to buy now, people would tell you to go take a hike. But if you quoted something, if you said, you know, 
Um, the other day I was talking to someone and they looked right at me and they said, stop hesitating, buy now. Mm. It's not me saying it. It's me quoting what someone else said. Yeah. So now you're not, you're not directly telling them to do something. You're saying what other people are telling yeah. Are saying what you should do, um, and that's I mean a great example of why uh, testimonials are so powerful in uh, getting uh, you know people to write good reviews about you online. And those are all examples of how that works. I think maybe that's a stretch. Is it? No, that's exactly okay. correct. Um, beautiful. So, so we're talking about trying to get your customer to sell themselves to you, and the best way to do that, you say, is by using uh, negations in quotes, um, right? And getting them so. Dive deeper into that and explain to me how that's okay. what's going on there. Sure, sure. Negation is uh, negation works something like this. Um, you, you would say, well, you would say, well, you don't. You could say, well, you don't have to come in right now for your free dessert, or, or you don't have to. You don't have to find yourself coming down um, right now. You, this is difficult because I don't work in this industry. But you take any command you want to give them, like buy now or come on down right now, mm-hmm. and you put it in you can you can negate it. You can say, um, it doesn't matter whether you find yourself coming in right now because you want to enjoy these items on the menu, or you or you come in because you just want to enjoy the atmosphere and the great food. Mm. What, what matters is you find yourself doing it because it's what you want to do right now. Mm. Keep embedding commands like that, or, or negation simply says, uh, simply puts a don't in front of the command. Well, um, you're right. You shouldn't, or you you don't have to. Well, you don't have to indulge yourself in our good food. Mm-hmm. You don't have to indulge yourself in our atmosphere. You may want to come down because you know it's health, a healthier choice for you. Mm. So again, you're, you're just planting command, the seed and, and the letting command. them make the decision. You're not telling yeah. them what to do. You're, right. you're leaving it up to them to make the decision so it's not being forced. Let me, let me unpack it further. When I say you don't have to, and then you give the command, you don't have to come down and enjoy our, our great atmosphere right now. You may want to come down because you know the the – do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're not forcing them into anything. You're giving them the option. You're, right. you're, you're planting the option in their head where the option would have right. never existed otherwise. Right, exactly. Awesome. And you, you were talking earlier, too, when we were talking about the difference pre- between persuasion and deception. And it sounds like the difference, just to summarize from the way I take that, when you persuade somebody, you're convincing them to do something that you think is going to be in their best interest. And right. it should be in their best interest. If you're right. putting out a good service, uh, a good experience, right. a good product, like you want to take a load off their life. Yeah. You want them to kick back yeah. and relax. And you're just saying it's what you know, it, it's worth it to come in. And you're, you're basically just selling them on I persuading think- them. But I think I think every restaurant, this is just my opinion, is somebody who does persuasion and eats out a lot. Every restaurant in some way, unconsciously or not, should be telling a story. The person should be able in the back of their mind, unconsciously, be able to tell themselves a story about why they went to that restaurant. What what is it about going there? They should have a story that they can tell themselves in their mind about why they went. Mm. Like I go to um, in the morning, I, I don't want to. I go to Pete's Coffee. The reason I go to Pete's Coffee, my real reason is I like to relax. I like to people watch, mm-hmm. and I'm I can make my own coffee. I like to get out of the house, and it's a great environment for me to people watch. That's the story I tell myself. Mm-hmm. But every I think people go out to eat, and that's fine, and all the other stuff. But they don't just go out to enjoy the food. There's a story. 
they need, they're telling themselves about being there. Maybe the story is they're hip people. Maybe the story is that, hey, they can afford to indulge themselves. Maybe the story is they want to have some participation in making the food, whatever it is. I would encourage everyone from a deeper marketing standpoint to say, what is the story that my customers are going to be able to tell themselves about going to my restaurant? What is the real story? Starbucks made a fortune not because they serve good coffee. Their coffee is acidic, and most coffee connoisseurs would tell you it sucks. Okay. Sorry, Starbucks. <laughs> Starbucks became the good, the great good place where people could go to meet and hang out and have meetings. Other for people who didn't like bars, it was the third place. They were selling the place between place. work and home that you they, can come. That's right. They were selling third place. That mm-hmm. was the story on some level or another. They never said that. They said, "Come to Starbucks, where you're good, where you're third place." Mm-hmm. But the way they arrange things is they made it convenient for people to tell that story to themselves. So again, like what we were talking about earlier, starting the, with the end in mind, you got to find out the psychographic of your uh, target guest, your target uh, customer. Right. What do they want society to think of? Or you know, what is the story that what they is the story they can tell themselves about going to that place? Mm-hmm. And don't try to tell more than one story. Mm-hmm. Don't try to fit everyone, or you're going to appeal to no one. Mm. So what is the story that people can tell themselves and get out of your, uh, you know, here's the problem I think with particularly in the restaurant business. I don't know the business, but I think people uh, fall in love with their marketing message before they stop to think, what is my avatar, my ideal customer? What's the message that's actually going to appeal to them? Mm. You have to find a blend of the two. You have to do that dance. I know, I know that, um, when I want to go, excuse me, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> man, oh man. I'll allow it. You have to know what is the story that your brand is telling. Yeah, I hear you. And uh, just to kind of come back to the whole persuasion versus deception, uh, we say that you know, persuasion, you're, you're, you're selling them on something that they want that will better their life. And you have to believe that as the owner, right. that my product, my service is here to make your life better. And deception is, um, I'm going to sell you, you know, shit product. Um, and it's going to make you, you know, it's going to give you cancer because or whatever, like, you know, you're going to have a here's heart attack what sh- or whatever. But as long as you give me money, I don't care what the outcome is because yeah. I'm just here for your money. So you got to believe in your product. And if you believe that what you're doing will really help people, that's why there's such a correlation between the people I'm interviewing. And they're, they're great people who generally generally believe in their mission and what they're trying to do. And they're not yeah. selling anyone. They're trying to make your life better by giving you an outlet to come be a part of what I'm doing. So, yeah, they're not. They're more extending an invitation than they are selling or, or or pressuring. So what I'm hearing from our conversation, from what you're telling us, is we got to figure out what it is that we love about what we're doing that's going to appeal to our guests and be the end of mind. Like when when you come to eat here, you're going to be a part of this thing that I'm doing with my restaurant, and that's going to make you feel this way or make you look this way in our society. Correct. And what's the story? Well, some people. Don't give an F what society thinks. They want to go to like, like nakedly indulge themselves. Uh, So you have to think, what is the story? What is the story that you want your customers to be able to tell themselves about using you going to your place? Because it's not, it's not the, look, I love good food. I'm a foodie. And it's great that you're proud of your food and you should be, and, and you should be passionate about it. That's all great. But what is the story that your food in your restaurant is telling? Everything has to tell a story these days, either consciously 
or unconsciously. You can set the story by the environment and the music and the way your waiters are, are dressed and, and little details like that. And that story is going to be what you want your life to look like when you use this product or go, go to this restaurant. Or, or your purpose for being there. Maybe your mm-hmm. purpose is, uh, you know what? It's a place where my friends and I can indulge each indulge, indulge each other and and, and let loose. And it's not other places are real snooty. If you're running something like a high end like Soho House or something, it's the story's about exclusivity and elitism. So all your marketing messages have to appeal to that, either subtly or directly. Got it. So let me ask you about objections. So what happens when we're uh, trying to, to sell what we're doing? And we're being objected. Somebody's saying, no, I don't need that. That's not necessary. Or maybe let's use the example of a server at a table uh, when we're trying to upsell uh, maybe a, a bottle of wine or maybe the more expensive bottle of wine. And they're saying, no, I, I don't know if I want to spend that much money. Like, how, how do we get around objections in this world? You use something. This is I know this. You listen to this, people. And I want you to write into. Uh, can they write? Can they email you, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. Results. I want you to use this one technique. I want to take five minutes or so to really workshop it. I promise you, you'll see like a twenty to thirty percent bump okay. in your sales of wine and that sort. Now, I'm just asking: in any given restaurant, what would a twenty to thirty percent bump in their sales of like wine and uh, do for the revenue of the business? Is that significant? Yeah, I mean, more like about half of all revenue comes from alcohol sales in most. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, what are the t- in order to do this? I'm going to teach you something called agreement frames that works everywhere. Awesome. Well, the way agreement frames work is they they essentially give the other party amnesia for their objection. They literally give the party amnesia, a hypnotic amnesia for the objection, and they change the meaning of the objection into meaning it's time to take action and to buy. Okay, and, and what's this process called again? Uh, it's called agreement frames. Agreement so, frames, okay. Uh, that's what they do. I'm going to explain how they work. Okay. So an agreement frame starts with, I agree. I agree, and that's because. So let's say, what's the typical objection? I don't want alcohol. Uh, if the objection is I don't drink alcohol, that's that's unstoppable objection. You can't okay. get around. Correct. Yep. But what's the typical objection? Like uh, uh, it's too expensive, or or uh, give it. I, I maybe I have. I'm not very familiar with wine, and I don't want to go outside my comfort zone. I might not like that because I I haven't right. tried. You know, like it, wine can be very intimidating for some people, right. and you got to you know try to help expand their horizons. So maybe it, it might be very easy. Here's what you say. Okay. If they say feel intimidated about that, you say, I agree. I agree. Okay. I agree. It's important to feel comfortable choosing the right wine. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, you start by saying, I agree. It's important to feel comfortable choosing the right wine. So you're getting agreement with what they're expressing. They want to feel comfortable. I agree. It's important to feel comfortable choosing the right wine. All right. And then what's the next step after you've Here's said Here's the next this? step. Then you add a false cause and effect. You say, and that's because, or you say, and that's because. And that's because, oh, sorry. You're, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really important. And that's because it's really important. And that's because it's really important. You're certain. You're certain. That's because it's really important. You're certain you're making the very best choice. Mm. 
Now, just I want to pick that apart. Just stay with me, folks. This is going to increase 20 to 30% your bump up sales for wine or other things. I agree making the right decision about what wine you want is important. The presupposition there is they're going to make a decision that they want wine. Mm-hmm. And that's because you want to make certain you make a great decision tonight. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not saying what the decision is. You're just saying make a great decision. And then you show, so then you say, so let me make some good suggestions for you. Okay. So what does this do? The agreement frame takes the objection, well, I don't know what a good wine is. You paste that. You say, I agree, making a good choice in the right kind of wine is really important. And that's because you want to make sure you have the best experience tonight. Mm-hmm. Just say that word for word. I agree making the right choice for the right wine is important. And that's because you want to have a great experience tonight. You understand? So now we're saying it's no longer an argument about whether they want to make have wine. It's about they want to have a great experience. They do want wine. You're going to help them make the right choice. Mm. And then you follow it up by saying, so let me let me show you the best the best choices tonight. Mm. And that's the call to action to hear your options. Exactly. Got it. Beautiful. Awesome. Uh, if you just I, I, I want to challenge the listeners. I know it sounds a little strange. Do you use those exact words? Just report into Eric's, shoot him an email and say, yeah, this really increased by 20 to 30 percent. My, my alcohol volume for people who normally wouldn't buy. Mm. So share that with your today in the pre-mail. Uh, share this uh, this technique with your people. That the Again, the technique is called the agreement. Uh, agreement frames. Agreement frames. The agreement frames, the formula is I agree. I agree. I agree, I agree that X. Okay. So in this, I agree that choosing the right wine is really important. And that's because you want to make certain you have a totally incredible experience tonight. And then the last part are, is here are your options. Let me, let me show you what some of your very best options. Mm, awesome. So what are you doing? What are you doing? It's very clever. Essentially, you're saying if you don't buy wine, you won't have the very best experience. You're saying the only way to have the very best experience is to buy the wine. But you're not saying it directly. If I said, look, buddy. If you don't buy wine, you won't have a great experience. People would flip you off and leave the restaurant. Mm -hmm. But when you imply it through suggestion, you're implying it. What you're implying is, I understand you want to make a right choice because you want to have a great experience. And the only way to have a great experience is to buy wine. You're not saying it. You're creating a chain of suggestions. So they put that together in their head. I guarantee you, if you use this, 20 or 30% is conservative. This is crazy. I'm just betting you people. It could go as high as 50% of the people will convert because no one has ever heard of agreement frames before. It's not something people are used to. It slides right into the unconscious mind. And where did you learn about this? Is there a resource or a book we can go out there? Everything I learned, I learned through studying the work of Dr. Milton Erickson, uh, MD, who was to hypnosis what Einstein was to physics. He died in, I think, 1980. And all these techniques of agreement frames and embedded commands and suggestions, they all came from Milton. Milton is the grandfather of this modern field of persuasion. Um, NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, was created by John Grinder and Richard Bandler. And they studied Milton Erickson's patterns of language and distilled it down. And I studied that model. But what I did, I improved it. I said, look, a lot of this neuro linguistic programming is jargon and classroom stuff. I need to use this in the real world for guys who can't get dates, who are getting shut down, who are ugly, fat, 
have no money. I have to get them out and dating and succeeding with women who are far out of their league. So if I can get guys to do this, to build their confidence and use language in a way that gets them batting out of their leagues. If you've got a great restaurant, you should be able to use it to, you know, at least increase your yeah. sales by 30 to 40 percent. Absolutely. We've, Absolutely. we've covered some great uh, topics so far, uh, but I kind of want to, uh, you know, dive into where you are where you really shine, what you're really good at, and that is getting people to like you, which is basically the key to this industry is people will eat at your restaurant, yes, because your food's good, but because they like you and your people. They like to be around you. We're going to talk about that, uh, but real quick, I got to take a quick break to just thank our sponsors. We'll be right back. After studying over 300 successful restaurant professionals, I've discovered that to be successful in the restaurant industry, you need skills that go far beyond knowing how to cook. All of our guest mentors are damn near experts on business operations, systems, and culture. That is not a coincidence. That is what it takes to be successful. This is exactly why I tell everyone I know who wants to open a restaurant or is in the restaurant business to get a membership to restaurantowner.com. For only $29 a month, you have access to over 300 templates, including business plans, checklists, forms, manuals, and procedures. In addition, you have countless resources at your fingertips to join a community that has helped over 40,000 restaurant owners make better lives for themselves. Head over to restaurantowner.com slash unstoppable and because you are restaurants unstoppable listeners you will get the first 10 days for only one dollar again that's restaurantsowner.com slash unstoppable whether you're just getting started in the restaurant business or if you're a seasoned veteran there's always something new to learn that never ends But what hasn't changed is the time you get to learn. Tipsy has taken everything you need to know and put it in one easy-to-access location. With Tipsy, you can learn what you want, when you want, by accessing an incredible library of video courses on topics like food and beverage, service, marketing, and business operations. It's basically a one-stop shop for everything you need to run a successful restaurant. You can also use Tipsy as a staff training tool. Through the management platform, you can select the courses that matter to you and schedule them out to your employees in a few simple clicks. Individual memberships are only $9 a month, and as a restaurant unstoppable listener, you receive an extra 50% off your first month. So what are you waiting for? For $4.50, you can have access to this incredible resource right now. Just find the tipsy banner in the show notes. All right, so we are back, and uh, just before the break, I asked uh, Ross to talk to us about what uh, what we can do just to make people like us, because this is really an industry about getting people to like who we are and what we're doing, uh, and that's where you really shine. So what can we do today to make ourselves and our restaurants more appealing? Okay. I'm going to tell you two answers, and this is going to be a case where they're going to seem really from left field. And again, I want to challenge the listener. When at first you have the response, well, this sounds really out of left field, get curious, because it's the kinds of thinking, acting, and feeling that stand outside of what you're used to that have the potential of bringing you results far beyond what you've ever enjoyed. So hear me when I say this. A lot of this is your mindset. I have an entire weekend training I do called um, Mindset Monster. 
crush your fear, devour your doubt, and take the giant steps to your dreams. Okay. This is stuff I learned from teaching guys who had never had a girlfriend in their life, taking them through teaching the right mindset to being able to date whoever they wanted. So if okay. it works for them, it works for you. First thing you need to do is to develop the right kind of confidence. And what I want to suggest is that is that you develop what I call permission confidence. There's performance confidence. Performance confidence is you've run your restaurant successfully for 10 years. So it's re- it's it's very reasonable it's very reasonable to assume that year 11 you'll be able to run it well. Mm-hmm. It means you have a track record. Yep. All right. Permission confidence means you give the other party radical permission to have their first response to you without needing to control it. Let me give you, may I give you an example? Yeah. Give the other person radical permission to have their first response to you. Understand, your client's first response to you is not written in stone. It's usually just a reflection of what they're thinking, feeling, or believing in that moment. And if you will accept it, it's almost always subject to change. I'll say it again. This is a crucial principle. Your clientele, your customer, your patron, their first response to you is not written in stone. It's almost always a reflection of what they're thinking, feeling, believing in that moment, and almost always subject to change. So a person comes in and they're grumpy or they're grouchy or whatever. It's not who they are as a human. They may just be having a bad day. If you, re- if you get reactive to it, you're just going to feed it. Mm. So let me give you an example of radical permission. Okay. For people having – it's taken from the dating world, but it applies to this. All right? Mm-hmm. May I? Yeah, absolutely. So I was with a student one night, and we were out at uh, a restaurant, by the way, that had a big lounge area with a lot of noisy people. And we left around midnight. There's a beautiful young lady. This is before the days of Uber. And uh, she was waiting for a cab. And I said, oh, there's a lovely young lady waiting for a cab. Must have gone in the wrong way because she said, there's a dirty, filthy old man being a filthy pig. <laughs> and my student went to charge at her. I put my arm out. I said, no, she can have whatever response she wants. We decide where we're going to go. She's somebody's sister. She's somebody's daughter. She's somebody's best friend mm-hmm. somewhere. She's deeply loved. And that woman who is angry did a 180, burst into tears, came up and hugged me and said, I'm so sorry. That's the sweetest thing I've heard all week. Thank you for understanding. Men have been pigs. They've been grabbing my butt, saying the worst things. You're such a wonderful guy. So I accepted her first response. Even though it resonated with me as being painful, I didn't squeeze around the pain. I let it be there. I gave her radical permission to have her first response. Your job is not to be right. Your job is to hold your space and have that attitude that says, I'll let them have their first response. It's not only not about me. It's probably not even about them. It's a reaction going on in their neurology. Let them have their first response without being reactive. And then you can present your message. Mm. And what I loved about the message you presented, uh, you let them have their radical first impression of you. And then your message after that was a message of empathy, which right. of just knowing and understanding based off of what they just said to you, you can empathize with them and uh, know that you're on their side. You can empathize without letting them have their way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a difference to me. Actually, here's another great tool. I'm gonna. This is a distinction I teach my guys, and they love it. Mm-hmm. A really great communicator can see where the other person's at without having to go there for themselves. 
Mm. See, there's two kinds of people who fail or never reach their potential. The first is the person who doesn't care what the other person is feeling. They steamroller over them. You know, what do they call it in um, Seinfeld, the soup Nazi? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you understand? They don't care. Mm-hmm. The other people care so much that they, they, they feel what the other party is feeling. They lose their leadership. Mm. So you want to walk a line. On the one hand, you don't want to steamroll over the people and not take into account what they want. On the other hand, you don't want to so identify with it that you lose your own Yeah, you fold. Yeah. So here's the, here's the intricate skill set that will make you a champion in any area of life where you're dealing with another person. Okay. Learn to see where the other person's at without, listen to what I'm saying now, without having to go there for yourself. Doesn't mean you can't make the choice to go there. Learn but to see where the other person is at before having to go there. With, with, without having to go okay. there for yourself. Learn to see where the person's at without having to go there. Having to go there for okay. yourself. So you don't lose your sense of intent, but you don't ignore them either. So you're, That's just, a, you're just projecting yourself into their situation while still being in your own mind, in your own body. But just, again, I think it's the word is empathy. You're empathizing with where no, you are. But, no, no, it's not. Okay. An empath feels everything the other person is oh, feeling. Okay. You don't want to be an empath. You can be sympathetic, which is to see where the other person's at. Em- em- empathy is something for a therapist to do, not a business. <laughs> okay. So you're, you you're seeing where they're at with the emotional ties severed. You're analyzing their emotional scent. And not logical. analyzing. No, 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 no. You can carry some warmth to it. Okay. But if someone's really, really upset, you don't want to dive into their upset and feel it for yourself. Because then you'll lose your leadership. Mm. You understand? The ability to walk through the world with the ability to see where other people are at with, with, with compassion, but without having to go where they're at mm. or take or. Okay, I think yeah. I understand this now. Because when we're, when you're being empathetic, you are feeling that person's emotions, but you don't right. want to feel like you just want to understand that person's emotions, right? And be uh, compassionate towards where they're at without being totally Correct. swamped by the emotions they're putting on right. you. And maintain that's the difference between uh, I'm a contra difference in a man who's really successful. Uh, two guys fail with women: the bullies who don't see where women are at and don't care, okay. the jerks. And then the wimpy nice guys, they so identify with a woman, they don't know how to present leadership. Mm-hmm. Same thing in any area of influence. You have to be strong enough to hold your ground, but you have to be open enough to see where the other person's at and take into account what their outcomes are. Mm. So how does this, this is a-, a subtle, this is a very subtle skill. It's not sexy. It's not something that Tony Robbins would boom out in front of 40,000 people and walk on fire. It's a subtle skill. But subtle is significant. The masters who walk through the world with a quiet kind of confidence and they kind of smirk or have a little tiny smile when you ask, Mm -hmm. how did you get it? And they just do all this and they just nod their head. They have one of these stealth skills. I call it stealth skills. It's not sexy. It's not observable. You can't pick it up on your radar. And it's not not sexy, but it's very significant. Mm. Okay. Uh, And – how does that skill specifically tie into persuasion? Just knowing where the other person's at and be able to yeah. give them what they want because you know what they're feeling? If you can't see where the other person's at, you have no starting place. Okay. If you only feel what they're feeling, the, you, your persuasion is lost. You've lost your momentum. Mm. Do you understand? Got it. Awesome. Do you understand so, what I'm saying? I do. Um, so how does – let's go back a step because we are talking about uh, the first step, which was uh, permission uh, – giving radical permission – and 
is there a step after that? Does this, what, what you just share with us tie into the, a second step or is this two different things? Give them, give them radical permission to have their first response and then guide them where you want them to go. Okay. Awesome. And so if someone is really angry about having bad service, like really like, in, you know, go on Yelp. When you go on Yelp for every one good review, there's going to be 10 bad ones simply because people who are angry are more likely to say something. We live in the Yelp generation. Mm-hmm. Your biggest comp- competitor is not the restaurant across from you. It's Yelp. Mm-hmm. If you screw up and people go on yeah. Yelp, it's the Yelp generation. <laughs> uh, I, something yeah. I advise people. It, it really is. So, so it's, it's, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, was, I just want to make sure. Uh, so the original question was, what do we do to make people like us? How can we make people like us? And that is to give them radical permission to have the, their first impression of us. And then once they give us that first impression of who they think we are, then we, like you, you were saying, we then, uh, a lot finish my thought because i want to make sure i get it okay. right i know you know where i am but i don't want to yeah. put words okay. into your mouth give person people radical permission to have their first response yeah. without accepting it as being written in stone got it so be present for that response if it's the response you like then feed it if it's a response you don't like then you accept it and then you reframe it mm-hmm. into something that that's more pleasant okay. if someone okay, let me unpack it if someone's really angry about bad service and I've been angry about bad service. Uh, first thing I would say is you pace it. I would say, you know, I understand this has been a disappointing experience for you. I don't blame you. Uh, when I come to a place, I expect that as well. Mm. A- X, Y, and Z. So you, that diffuses the situation. Mm-hmm. You know? And then I would say speaking to you as someone who really wants to have so good an experience that you would even la- leave a good review. What could I do right now or say right now? It would make you feel so much better about this. Mm. What so are you, you doing get, there? What are you doing there? Okay. Uh, what you're doing there is, pace, is pacing. Is I, I understand. Uh, if I were in your shoes, I would also be really upset about that because you want to have a good experience mm. when you come to my place. Mm-hmm. So is there, what can I say or do right now that would allow you to feel much better about this experience? All right. Then they tell you that's what called, they want. That's called an elicitation question. Okay. And then they tell you what you what they want to make it right. And then right. what's the next step? Just I would assume to do, do what to, you, ever, do you have to do to make it right. Do it. So do it. is that the end of the, of the uh, I guess, the, the journey of getting people like us? in that example or what are there are there any other steps or any other things we can do just to gain the um uh i guess the rapport of other people well you've already at that point you've got them mm. uh, and you know some i remember going to a place uh a sushi place and i really didn't like i had u- udon with chicken and it was very chewy and i didn't like it and the owner came out and said how did you enjoy your meal and i said well let me be honest this is not aimed at you as a person it's directed to you in your role as the owner i really did not enjoy the meal the chicken was really chewy and you see i didn't finish it he said you know what let me hand make you a dessert let me go into the kitchen i'll hand make you a dessert and that is that a good sick. response or is that a bad response for me for me it was a good response he didn't argue with me because the chicken was i didn't particularly okay. like it no would it would it have been a better response response if he asked you what you what he would have to do to make it right. Maybe you wanted something different. Maybe you wanted your money back. Yeah. I, I th- it, yes, it, it probably would have been, but in his case, he was so finessed and so smooth. Okay. And I was with a group of people that he, he did. I wound up saying, you know what? I don't want dessert, but why don't you make it for my guests? Mm. 
and I was I was easy about it. Would there have been anything different that he could have done in that situation to have won you over more? He could have said, "Well, what is is there? What could I say or do that would make you feel happy about this experience?" Mm. And then I probably because he was so thoughtful, I would have I would have said, "You know what? I would have said I would have said, hey, not your fault. Things happen. I, I appreciate the." Um, I, I appreciate that that you've been so thoughtful. Mm. Me personally, that would have been enough. The fact yeah. that he he would have said that. People are expecting arguments. They are they are expecting you to argue. Mm. When you don't argue, it dissipates so much of the energy. Yeah, and listening to you talk right now reminds me so much of the words of Danny Meyer, where he said, uh, "It doesn't matter who's right." Uh, and do you why do you agree with that statement? It doesn't matter who's right. Depends on the context. What so are you talking? in the context of this situation, uh, the customer is mad. Uh, whether or not the chicken was right or wrong, you could have you could have made that chicken yourself. You could have known that it came out perfect. This customer just doesn't know what good chicken is from you know his elbow to whatever. Like he just doesn't know. He's and but you know it's right, even though he's not happy with it. Does it matter who's right? And in Danny, yeah, in I think what Daniel Myers is suggesting is, like you said earlier, um, people are looking for an argument. So even if you are right, that person's going to do everything they can to argue if you argue with them. So if you like do what you say, which is uh, give them radical permission to have their uh, impression of whatever the situation is, and then you hear that, you empathize with it, or you rationalize with your, 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 like, your logical head what, where they're thinking, and then you, from there, do whatever it takes to regain their trust by doing what will make them happy. Because at the end of the day, we just want to have repeat customers. We don't, it doesn't matter right. if the chicken came out perfect. We want right. you to come back. We want you to be happy. We want you to tell everybody right. how great we handled that situation and right. how happy you were right. at the end of it all. So as far as right, what matters is, is I think what matters is who's most on target. Mm. It matters who's most on target. You have to be on target about your outcome. Mm-hmm. So it may not matter who's right, but it does matter who's on target. You want to be on target because your customer is not going to be on target. They may not even be able to identify what's bothering them. You want to be on target. Awesome. It does matter who's on target. I, I think we have time for one more uh, bomb of knowledge here. I'm one loving this. I am too. I'm loving this. It's this is really great. great. Uh, one more knowledge uh, bomb for just like how, what we can do in our lives to, again, persuade people to get people to be on board with what we're trying to do with what our mission is what's one thing that just comes to your mind that will make us all better after we wrap up this interview better at persuading others you're saying yeah better at getting other people to buy into what we're doing and to to sell them on our fill in the blank or whatever uh one technique we can just use to get people to buy into what who we are and what we're doing well, I would say it's an understanding more than a technique. Mm-hmm. And the understanding is that it's the unconscious mind that makes 90% of the decisions. Okay. And 10% of the decisions are made consciously, but 90% of our decisions are made unconsciously through the imagination and the emotions. Given that that's the case, aim your communication when you can at the imagination and the emotions. Give the facts and data afterwards as a way of justifying that decision. Learn to do that. Learn, Learn to communicate with the unconscious mind. Yes. Now, um, let me just say, I don't know, if, is it appropriate to give contact information or, or not? Yeah, absolutely. 
So um, here's what's going on. Here's what's true for me. If you're interested in getting a Skype strategy session with me to figure out um, how I can do an individual training with you or if you want me to do a training for your business or if you're a member of some restaurant organization and you want me to come and speak on the topic of persuasion, it's very easy to find out how to do that and to arrange this. Go to consultross.com, consultross.com, and there'll be a form for you and we can arrange to have a 20 or 30 minute Skype strategy session and see how I can be of service to you. Awesome. Do bear in mind. Do bear in mind one one thing. Um, I am currently working with some pretty high net worth individuals. And my calendar is is really packed. That's not BS scarcity and urgency. I do like to talk with everyone as many people as I can. And so I have no idea when you'll be hearing the podcast. That's the nature of it. I don't know if I will be available when you hear it. But this is episode two ninety five. So just head over to restaurantunstoppable.com slash two nine five. You'll find those links. Yeah. I'm not going to let you get off that easy, though. I want to dive deeper into this communicating oh, yeah. with the unconscious I'm, mind. I'm, 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 <laughs> my girlfriend's gone. I got rid of her. I put her on the train to L.A. I live in San Diego. Uh, uh, I got her on the train. That was the Uber driver saying he couldn't find her. I said, <laughs> she's the beautiful African woman. You know, it's, it's a knockout. Just look. <laughs> so real quick, uh, before we let you go, uh, how oh, – how- What's that? No need to no need to hurry. I'm loving this. Okay. How do we communicate with the unconscious mind? All right. First you have to understand that the unconscious has the intelligence of like a 3 to 5 year old child. Everything is true to it and there's no sense of time. <laughs> you have to it's true. It's just the way it works. Sounds like my mind. <laughs> okay. The way you communicate with the unconscious is first of all, you 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 learn to use commands and suggestions. You embed commands and suggestions. Let me give you a metaphor for persuasion. My mentor, a brilliant teacher, but a horrible human being. I won't say his name. He used a metaphor. He said, you know, most people, it's like fishing. As soon as the fish bites the line, they reel as hard as they can. The fish feels the tug, bites the line, snaps. When I go fishing, I throw out the line. As soon as the fish takes the line, I give the fish more slack. And, and what I do is I reel myself to the fish. So the fish never feels any pressure, never feels any pull. So by the time I'm right up next to him, he feels it's natural to jump in the boat, get in the pan, get fried up and eaten. So one of the things you need to learn to do as a persuader is to calibrate. Mm. See where your persuadee is at all times. Get out of your head and put your, all your attention on an external focus and watch to see where they're at in a relaxed way. If a person's already ready to buy, don't go through some whole script. If they're ready to buy within two minutes, let them buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I, I, I do a lot of training for real estate agents. That's my major field, real estate agents and, and wealth management people. And they're so eager to pound through the script, mm-hmm. script, script, script. They don't even see when the person's ready. Mm. So learn to calibrate. Watch and see. Is the person ready now? If they're ready now, stop turning the tumblers on the safe. Pull open the safe door. So you need to learn that skill of calibrating to watch, to look, to see is the person following you and are they ready to buy? Mm-hmm. And then communicate to the unconscious mind. So you're, you're reading the unconscious mind. Part of the communication is hearing, listening, gathering the information. Right. Yes. And then you did, did something on the break. Mm-hmm. We did something on the break. Uh, can I reveal what we did on the yeah, break? Absolutely. We were talking about the fact that you used to have a career and can I say this? Yeah. Everybody knows I have no secrets. Okay, Eric revealed to me that he used to have a career in aviation. And we got talking. He said, you know what? 
I, I put the ladder against that building and, and I decided I'd, uh, I'd done as much as I wanted to. I said, that's very interesting. I noticed that Eric uses that metaphor of a ladder against the building. And so I said to Eric, I said to you, what I said was, you know, if I wanted to persuade you, I would make note of that personal metaphor. And maybe a couple of weeks later, if I wanted to propose something to you, I'd say, you know, Eric, what I'd like you to do is climb up the first few rungs of this ladder. Let's put it against the building and see what kind of vision you could have at the very top of where we could go with it. Now, you would not even remember that you had told me that, mm-hmm. but it would resonate with you mm. it, it, because that's your unconscious metaphor. You get me? Get you. Yep, I do. So a huge part of the skill is listening for when people reveal their their personal metaphors like that. Mm. Oh, you know, I leaned the ladder against the building. You didn't literally do it. But it's how you think of a yep. success uh, and something that's appealing to you, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the way I say it to you is when I, I leaned my ladder against the wrong building, I climbed it to the top, realized I wasn't, you know, in the right career. I I wasn't happy doing what I was I wasn't fulfilled. It didn't bring out any of my natural skills, my strengths. Right. Um, and I wanted to do something that I love to do, work with other people, make other people happy uh, and uh, serve an industry I love. And so I would write I would if I had an initial discussion with you. I would write that down on personal log and like two months later when it came time to pitch you, you wouldn't even remember that. I'd say, you know, Eric, I want to lean a, a ladder against the building with you and take you to the very top mm-hmm. rung so you could stop and share my vision of where this could go. Hear the command, stop mm-hmm. and share my vision of where this could go. So let me tell you what I have in mind as we build this together. Stop Stop what you're doing, what I have in mind, and we can build this together. So you're, yeah. you're taking them off their path of thought and putting them on your path of thought. Correct. Now it's our path of thought. Right. And I'm using your metaphor Mm. of leaning the ladder. Now I'm owning it. But Mm -hmm. right. It seems like it's like it's your thought, but I would never point out to you that uh, as I did in the conversation, that that's your metaphor. I would just remember it. And you would never remember having said that to me. Mm. Never. So you're embedding the thoughts making them feel like it's their thoughts using their metaphors there uh, right. and using words like we us together. So right. they take ownership of where you're taking them. Right. right. This came from my healing practice with men. Men would say to me, I went to talk to women and I hit a wall and I'd say, Oh my God, did you call the paramedics? <laughs> I said, no, no, no. It was uh, not that kind of wall. It was an energy wall. I said, really? Was it like Star Trek shimmering green? They said, no, no, no. It was a wall of fear. I just shut myself down. I said, Oh, aha, there you go. People often use metaphors in destructive ways. So my job is to note their metaphor, either utilize it or shift it and change it. This is this is from doing 25 years of this work. This is not something I could teach. Mm-hmm. You'd need like three or four years of apprenticing with me, and I'm too obnoxious. People don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to find all the links over at restaurantunstoppable.com slash 295. This is episode 295. Ross Jeffries, man, thank you so much for coming on the show. You are awesome. It is my honor, and I mean this sincerely, uh, my honor and one of my favorite things in life to teach and to open minds. And what I want to say to the listener is if in any way you have found that this has piqued your curiosity, I re- whether, you, whether you stop and get in touch with me again at consultross.com, you just choose to lo- use these learnings, particularly the one where I taught about um, using the agreement frame to upsell people on wine. It's really important to me that that my work has impact and real world results. So do me a, do me all a favor. 
use that one technique and write into Eric and let him know how well it worked for you. And Eric, will you be back in touch with me with the feedback from absolutely, people? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's, it's Eric at restaurantunstoppable.com is the email. Because I really want to hear that report because if people write, if people write and say, you know what, I've used this, I taught it to my servers, my wine sales are up 20 to 30%. I really would like to come back on and do an entire show on agreement. Friends. That'd be cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, real quick, you had mentioned Dr. Milton Erickson. I, uh, does he have any, uh, books out or any way we can, well, he's, he's, he's long gone. He died. Did he do, he, where was the work there that he are, did? There are tons of books written by Erickson. Um, uh, you know what you can do? There's a documentary called Mil- uh, Wizard of the Desert. Wizard of the Desert, because he lived in Arizona. It's a documentary. I think you can buy it on DVD or watch it streaming on Amazon or Netflix. You want to learn about Milton's work, um, get Wizard of the Desert. I, c- I can Google it just for a second, or, y- or you can Google it afterwards. But um, it's called Wizard of the Desert. It's It's if you don't know much about hypnosis and you just want to get an overview of his life, this man, in my mind, was a revolutionary thinker on the order of an Einstein or a Galileo, okay. for real. He came along and took hypnosis out of the dark ages of look into my eyes and mm-hmm. you will go to sleep. And he, he, he came from Mars, as far as I'm concerned, where he got all this stuff. A remarkable individual. He was crippled for most of his life with polio, colorblind, tone deaf. Uh, had trouble speaking properly. He took all those physical disabilities and used them to uh, observe people and to notice as a child what unconscious communication was because he couldn't even move, couldn't speak. So he had to like tune his senses. This guy was was a was the wizard of wizards. And everything you see in the field of NLP, neurolinguistic programming, is basically taken from his work. Awesome. I'm definitely going to check out his work, and I'll do some research after the recording to find out where the Wizard of the Desert can be found. I'll have those links in the show notes again. One more time, this is Restaurant Unstoppable slash 292. You'll find all the links right there. And Ross, Jeffries, thank you so much again for coming on the show. I, I really enjoyed this, and I love a good restaurant. <laughs> I'm a patron, and I always tip. Beautiful. There is no questioning. You are unstoppable. Man, uh, I loved recording this episode, and oh man, there's just so much value. And if I can just reflect and what really just resonated with me, what the big picture uh, takeaway for me was, it's not about you. It's not about what you're thinking. It's about understanding other people and knowing what they want and uh, giving them what they want. But first, you got to listen. Just shut up and listen sometimes. Uh, Find out what people want. Find out what the world is missing. And then be that thing and uh, uh, synchronize with people and it's the people who do this naturally who are attuned to other people who are uh, very driven by serving other people and giving other people what they want what they need that succeed in life I mean that's persuasion but it's per- it's persuasion in the, pu- the purest form you're not trying to sell you're not trying to manipulate you're trying to make the lives of other people better because 
you care about them and you want to see them do the right thing, whether it's you know mentoring your, your team or developing your team and caring about your team or if it's just making sure the people that come into your establishment are leaving with the best possible experience because you believe that you are the best possible experience and you want to be the best possible experience and why wouldn't you want to make someone's life better? Um, that's not manipulation. That's just uh, doing it for the right reasons and there's just, there was a you know, a ton of great stuff today. I'm really jacked up. I'm on my third cup of coffee, if you can't tell. Uh, but some big news, guys. Um, I'm going full time on Restaurant Unstoppable, and I just want to thank everybody who uh, has made that possible. For my parents for dealing with me the past few years, uh, being a freeloader. To the friends uh, who have uh, just been patient with never seeing me anymore, and you know, it's just an honor. It's a true honor. Uh, to serve the people in this industry, uh, I love the people in this industry, and just the to know that um, I'm able to break down walls, I'm able to collect information, uh, information that can help us all rise together. And it's those people that understand that you know it's not about you, it's not about me, it's not about who can be the best, but it's about collaborating, sharing the the information, sharing knowledge, sharing the right mindset to just lift the industry up and i feel like we can really just you know make this industry better by just collecting that information sharing the information uh leaning on each other and i'm so honored to be in the position to to make these types of things happen to to pass this information along to people who are deserving of it you guys are busting your asses you're passionate you have a dream and I can help you, and all my guests can help you achieve those goals, can help you bring these tre- these dreams to fruition. Um, there's just, there's no more, uh, I don't know, there, there isn't any better or more rewarding work to do, in my opinion. And I'm just so pumped that I get to do this full time now. And what you're going to start to see, guys, is a lot more intentional content. I'm, I'm going to be pulling back the layers. I've done almost 300 episodes now where I'm just getting like little clues there's little clues that have been scattered all over all over the place and now i'm going to be able to go to the experts this isn't going to just be restaurant professionals it's going to be taking what these restaurant professionals are telling us these little clues and then going to the experts who let's use today's interview as an example um i interviewed nick fosberg a couple days ago or a couple episodes ago and he told us you know the difference or, or not the difference but that we all persuade we all sell and it's learning how to sell and learning how to persuade. So I took the next step further and I got a, a master on persuasion on the show to teach us how to persuade and to give us some tricks and to give us the mindset and to teach us what it's all about. Um, and that's what I want to do all over the place, guys. There's going to be way more intentional content, less reactional, more proactive content coming out from Restaurant Unstoppable. I'm really excited. And it's all because of you. So if you've been listening to the show, if you've been leaving reviews, if you've been using my links, thank you so much. Know that I'm so grateful and I wouldn't have been able to do it without you. And I'm so excited for 2017. And um, we're going to be going on the road. We're going to be taking this podcast to different cities. It's all about us, guys. It's all about bringing this industry up, sharing the knowledge, and uh, helping you, you know, like I said before, bring those dreams to fruition. Become unstoppable give you the mindset give you the the motivation the it's all about mindset um and when you just surround yourself with people who are doing it right who get it you're just going to recenter constantly recenter and have that motivation have that inspiration just to keep showing up every day and holy crap i need to shut up i'm on a tear right now i'm pumped i can't wait uh all right guys that's it for today 
Until next time, peace out.